We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What you decide where you live isn't like something that affects me. I'm like, you can move wherever the hell you want. I really, you know, no big deal there. But for Z... It you moving makes a difference, right? And so you're you're probably gonna have a conversation with me about does this make sense? How do I broach this with her? Like, you know, pros and cons, those types of things. And then you're gonna go to her and say, Now I wanna have this conversation because you've thought through it a little bit. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop-style podcast. I'm Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-hosts, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, take it away. Um, I just want to say screw the people that have Ravens tickets and tried to sell them for four and five times worth the face value. Don't really like you people at all. Uh, I hope you were not able to sell your tickets and that you're stuck with them and have to go to the game. They sold them. <laughs> it's still some like on SeatGeek now. Like the nosebleeds are going for like thirteen hundred. It's it's crazy, dog. Uh, but I get it. First championship game in Baltimore uh, for the Ravens and first time in Baltimore at all since the seventies. So I I guess I get it. Anyway, uh, now that I got that off my chest. Um, only thing I have, man, is I think people really should check out uh, Rustin on Netflix. Uh, it's a story that isn't told that much. It's definitely overshadowed by the fact that it has a lot to do with Martin Luther King. But uh, I think it's I think you pronounce his first name Bayard, even though it looks like it says Bayard. But Bayard Rustin, he was very instrumental in getting the March on Washington done uh, and bringing everybody together. And he knew that if he could get Martin Luther King to speak at it, that it would bring a lot of people together. But it tells his story and what he went through. And I think one of the reasons it doesn't get told as much is because he was gay, because of his sexuality. And, you know, a lot of people in our community still like to distance themselves from people like that. But it's a very important story. And it needs to be told as much as Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, Mega Evers, uh, very ins- instrumental in the civil rights movement. So check it out. It's on Netflix. Not a long movie. I think it's like a little less than an hour and a half. A couple of bad wigs in it. Let me just put that out there. Like Chris Rock has on a wig. And don't worry, don't worry. Chris Rock is not acting silly and stuff in it. And he has a limited role anyway. But it's it's a good movie, good acting. And I think everybody should check it out. That's all I got, man. Any black people in dresses? <laughs> no, no black people in dresses. <laughs> it's funny that you brought up the Ravens and then MLK because uh, your homeboy that oh, went viral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, man. They, they showed up. I don't think this went as viral, but they showed a woman on local news up here 
that a lot of people in the break room at work was like, is that Maya Angelou? He's <laughs> like, first Martin Luther King, now Maya Angelou <laughs> hey, man, coming it, out to support the rapists. It's, it's a sign, baby. <laughs> it's a the sign. So. Real, they called it. It's a... <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's all you got, man? <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> cool. A uh, couple things for me. Uh, they're remaking Roadhouse. That is one of my favorite movies ever uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal this time. Uh, the director is actually suing the uh, company that's dropping it because they he directed it as a theatrical release, thinking it was going to go to the movies. Uh, and they're not. They're just going to put it on streaming service. I don't even know which streaming service they're going to use for it. But uh, the director's pissed about that. Uh, but it does look pretty good. Roadhouse is an awesome movie. So I'm going to check it out. I'm kind of excited about that. But speaking of Netflix and streaming, uh, Griselda, uh, Sofia Vergara, like, killed it in Griselda. So if you guys have not seen that, uh, I binged the entire, it's, I think it's a five or six episode miniseries, uh, six episodes. I binged it last night. So it was like literally just sitting there watching episode by episode it stops at the trial or the start of the trial or or you know when she actually got arrested and um it's crazy i was like i want more i want more so it's i i think sofia vergara is going to get all kind of awards i think this is going to win like one of those um like emmys for limited series and stuff like that it's it's awesome so if you're into gangster type stuff and those types of um like stories go watch it, it it's it's dope it definitely could have been more episodes or an additional season. Like, is there so much more to tell to the Griselda story? And this series does have some inaccuracies that I immediately saw. But like you said, it's a great series. I also love how Hollywood, like every time they do a movie on Griselda, they try to make her like this sexy, petite woman. She was kind of like grandma-ish, kind of yeah. frumpy chubby light <laughs> so but that's but that's cool but it's it, it is a good series man I, we watched it like in in one sitting damn near ourselves so yeah yeah and, and the makeup on it like they really changed what Sophia looks like to she looked a lot like Griselda in the show like the nose the prosthetics everything like we were talking about that like man she looks very different than what she looks like on a normal basis so shout out to the makeup artists for that man <laughs> So for the listeners who might not know who Griselda Blanco is, you might want to tell them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, like you want to tell them, you probably know a little bit more about it, Buff. First and foremost, just watch Co- Cocaine Cowboys 1 and 2 and Reloaded if you want to. But basically, uh, she's the only person that Pablo Escobar said he he would fear. Uh, but all the violence that occurred in the late 70s and early 80s in Miami really most of it is attributed to her. She was ruthless. She didn't mind killing kids, innocent bystanders, whatever it took to take out her target. If you just happen to be sitting at that table, (laughs) oh well. But she ran a lot of the the cocaine in South Florida, like I think up to 80% of it at one time in cocaine. It just really terrorized that city in the early 80s. She she was a, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And, and, and she was a Colombian drug lord, yeah. so because Colombia and and like one of the only female, where she was coming from too. Yeah, like female narcos, yeah. like in that time period, was like unheard of. And so a, a lot of times they talk about she had to be that ruthless to 
kind of keep it, but it's it's still, man, it's like crazy how much she had to go through and what she had to do to hold on to that power and what she was willing to do to hold yeah. on to that power. Yeah. yeah. And not to give it away, but her demise is, it, it really plays out to how she handled her business. And you look at how her ending takes place. It, it, it makes sense. Yep. Damn it. Yep. Exactly. So, and, and I love the nods to like Scarface and everything. Like when she was sitting in the chair and like you could see that scene mm-hmm. of Scarface when he was sitting in the chair with the big mound of cocaine. It was like perfect. So like yeah. great shout out to the director. <laughs> it was just a good series, man. I was I was super excited for it. Um, but talking about actors and those types of things, uh, Mary J. Blige is finally dropping a boot line. So the ladies out there, I, you know, I love to give y'all a little bit of taste, um, but it's it's maybe 10, 15 years too late. I think whoever heard marketing team and her um, like management, they should have done this a long time ago. But I still think uh, the aunties out there are going to love it and, and they're going to go get some Mary J. Blige boots because uh, she be rocking them and, you know, it's it's going to be cool. So I'm, I'm I think that's going to be good for everybody to see. And, and I wish her all the luck with her her new clothing line. This this. Definitely should have been announced like right before a big tour of her. Right. Yeah. So uh I'll follow you guys. We both kind of hit on period pieces. Um, which I realized recently that I'm a fan of period pieces. Like I like certain things. I know a lot of you guys don't like anything that has to do with like slavery, reconstruction, stuff like that. But another good series well, that was on Paramount Lawman, uh Bass Reeves. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys check that out. Really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it won't be the back for a season two. Bass Reeves was like the first black deputy marshal this side of the Mason Dixon. One had one of the greatest records of capturing his uh, uh, criminals. I think he's rumored to have brought in over three thousand criminals, killed fourteen plus men, never been, never was injured, shot or anything like that. Even though he's had a lot of run-ins but it was a great series it was played by he was played by david alo i can never alo i can never remember pronounce his name yeah i can pronounce it so that's uh, what i david. Try. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, him, him, him. he played the dude that played martin luther king um and selma and stuff like that great actors funny how so many of these uh non-american actors are playing famous uh, American roles uh, so but great great show they're coming out with a season two but I think the series is going to be based off of just period pieces of uh, important lawmen throughout history great series um, I was going to say so for anybody that doesn't know who Bass Reeves is they made if you watch Watchmen they made reference to him he was the the black hooded lawman at the beginning in the Tulsa scenes and stuff like that he was supposed to be the grand great grandfather of her grandfather the dude that uh played oh the hangman so uh yeah yeah Yeah. so all that all that stuff was uh linked to it so you hear his name mentioned he's also rumored to be everybody knows who the Lone Ranger is so he was supposed to be the closest thing they he was inspiration for Lone Ranger a lot of people say Mm mm-hmm you know, he was by himself, had the quote unquote Indian Native American sidekick partner, stuff like that. So really good series. If you want to watch another period piece, we mentioned three great things to watch. I'm going to tell you something not to watch. If you haven't watched it is Aquaman 2. 
<laughs> it it was horrible from the script character arcs CGI it just seemed it seemed like a cartoon yeah I was so pissed off by Ocean Master by the end of the movie the way they portrayed him he became a real lame it was just it was even the way the movie ended seemed like uh, one of the it seemed like the same person that wrote uh, Superman versus Batman or Batman versus Superman the way the movie ended and how they you know brotherly love type things like this is just horrible writing so if you get a chance don't check that out yeah yeah what, you know, what they should have yeah. been checking out was the color purple or the book of Clarence because both of them haven't hit their uh, numbers. I think uh, color purple has been pulled from almost or most theaters at this point, and they didn't even make their um, their budget back, unfortunately. So, Black America, y'all let us down um, by not supporting color well, purple. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll I'll speak on behalf of Black America. I was excited, but it's I feel like it's one of those movies you have you have to be in the mood for and it takes a lot for me just to be in a mood for a musical mm-hmm. and I think they missed they missed the mark with making it a musical and almost forcing the black hand right it's like well if you support black movies go see this it's like yeah but I really don't want to watch movie, a musical right and it's almost like that supporting black bi- that black business it's, I might not get what I want just be- but because you're black I have to support and so I was torn and maybe if I would have and I knew it was a musical but maybe if I would have watched it the day it came out the release date versus seeing all the reviews even though people that they knew it was a musical just like yeah it was just too musically for me <laughs> you know so my bad it was a movie a lot of people didn't want remade I, yeah that is also a lot of people I was excited about the remake until I found out it was a musical and I kept trying to hype myself up and um, and I, I feel like there's some of the reviews where they didn't capture the true spirit, that grit, that grime, because I, the person who probably won out of this was Alice Walker. I think people downloaded or reread The Color Purple more mm-hmm. in the last couple of months. And if you reread it or you download and listen to the audiobook, it was there was a especially as an adult, there was a certain energy that 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 book gave off. That is an adult you wanted to appreciate that for me, that that struggle, that turmoil, that growth. And from what I heard in the you don't get that. The movie was a little too upbeat and it was almost in a complete contrast from the reviews I heard to the actual book. So, yeah, yeah. But I am excited about the book of Clarence and um, American Fiction. I think both of those are going to be really, really good. Yeah. So American Fiction dropped this weekend. Uh, so make sure you go check that out if you haven't. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Tuesday, actually, uh, and try to check it out on the $5 day because I'm cheap as on the way. Um, so we still have $5 Tuesdays on our at our theater. So I'm going to check it out then. But uh, with that, man, um, that's all I have. Ferg, did you, did you have anything else? I'm sorry. I just kind of I just kind of gave mine. Uh, but Buff, I wanted to get your thoughts on the, and Rizzi as well, the three U.S. troops that were killed uh, in Jordan. Have you seen that with uh, the with the, okay? One. So there was yeah. a drone attack in Jordan. Biden believes is uh, led by our uh, 
Iranian backed um, terrorist cells, I guess. And thrilled three years, troops were killed over two dozen. I think the count last I read was maybe 30 others wounded. And basically Biden's like, yeah, whoever did this, they're going to pay. And I just don't know if there's any going to be any recourse or is that going to push our hand um, when it comes I mean, to. We've been itching to go to war with Iran for a long time now. So I don't know if this is going to be what pushes it, but we'll see. I mean, he may order a few strikes or whatnot. What you think, Roger? Yeah, same. I, I don't think that they'll they'll find any way to find somebody else to hit versus hitting Iran directly. Um, we don't want to go to uh, we we've been itching to go to war, but we don't want to go to war with Iran. And <laughs> and Biden's not a warmonger in general, so he he doesn't want that stink of he's the one that started the war. Um, even though yeah. most times if you're in a wartime uh, commander in chief, you get reelected. So might not be a bad thing to start a war, Joe Biden, if that keeps us away from Trump. But no, I'm just playing. But you know, is, is a war with Iran better than Trump as president? <laughs> That's which a, might end up with a war with Iran. With Iran. True. So you but know, I, because you remember when Trump first got elected, we were so worried that we were going to go to war with Russia, mm-hmm. and then he North was, Korea. Yep. Yeah, it was in North Korea or was it Russia? It was North Both. Korea, I think. Yeah. Um, Both. Well. I will say he he did a lot to avoid war for all the bad you can say about him. He definitely is not a fan of war, mm-hmm. so it seems at least. Yeah, he talks and no, he I blusters, it but um, I I felt he was going to cause them to attack us more than him. That's like, what I was saying. Yeah, like, like him like, doing you something know what, to cause the, the start of a war, not him starting a war. Uh, but I think Joe yeah. will will he'll he'll find a way. We'll, like Buff said, we'll strike a couple places. Uh, and it'll die down. I think, you know, it, it's unfortunately we lost those, those special forces uh, folks, but truthfully, that's kind of part of the job. That's what happens. And I, I hate to say it from a military perspective, we've gotten so like averse to losing soldiers that it almost ties your hand in what you can do when you're losing war or when you're trying to wage war and when you're trying to like show of force right like we we want to spend so much money to not lose soldiers we forget the days of d-day and everything where we lost twenty thousand troops and and like we i don't want to get back to that day where we throw bodies at at problems but at the same time i think this is one of those things that when you sign up for the military and especially when you sign up for military or like special operations and things like that those are those things that you you're ready to face uh and so you know i i love that our soldiers are willing to lay down their life for our country and we never want them to have to but at the same time it's like we don't have to go to war every time we lose somebody and and i want to say that to everybody especially the the warmongers out there right the 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 war hawks and and the the right where you know they always thinking oh it's time to go to war because we somebody attacked us and we lost a soldier Benghazi or something like that it's like every time we lose a soldier isn't something where we got to go to a full-blown war and put thousands and thousands of additional bodies in harm's way because of that situation and so I, I really want to temper folks when they talk about should we go to war because we lost three guys 
Uh, it, it's not that. Would the difference be uh, when you're when you're in war with somebody, then the expectation is you may lose some soldiers versus we're not at war with Iran right now. And so for them to kill three of ours, does that make it a little different where you feel like you do have to retaliate? Go ahead, Fert. You, you about to say? Go no, I, I, I'll let you answer, but I think, and I see where Byron's going because I was kind of feeling, I was feeling the same thing, and I think you cleared, clarified it a little more at the end because you you talk about it's collateral damage, acceptable losses. That's what it is in the military, mm-hmm. right? And it's almost like yeah, people are gonna die, but like what Byron was alluding to, but we're not at war. Why are people dying? Yeah. Like you know, it's kind of why that shouldn't be. We shouldn't be cool with that. I think what you clarified was, hey, it's not okay, but it's the fact that let's not let three turn to 30,000. Right. Like three shouldn't be the catalyst for 30,000. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, you know, sorry for your loss. We'll do everything we can. We have to find a strategic way to retaliate, but this doesn't, this isn't Pearl Harbor where we got to go to war because we, you know, and that's, I mean, because when you said it, it's like, yeah, you, you join the military, you expect to die. It's like, yeah, but, you know, not when I'm just chilling in Hawaii and relaxing, <laughs> you know, but it's during wartime and we're not involved in a war, then that's a little different. But it's, hey, unfortunately, the way the world works, we're going to lose some people. Yeah. You know, never excusable, but there has to be a line of saying, hey, this was an unfortunate circumstance. And we can't risk tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives because of this. Right. You know, because I ran, you you said itching to go. It's a big deal. But what I look at is, is I ran, it's an, it it was an Iranian backed terror cell. So we have to be careful, but it's not Iran carried out an attack on us. It's not Iran said, Hey, I'm going to pay you guys to go attack the U S in this spot. It's like they are they're fighting for that area. They're terrorists in that area. And yes, Americans got killed based on that, right? It's no different than when the CIA and we support terrorists in other nations, right? We do the exact same thing. And somebody from Russia or somebody from Iran dies in that attack because we supported the guerrillas or we supported, you know, the insurgency. Uh, We do the exact same thing here. And so that's why I want to take it in context and make sure that we're not overreacting to what happens. And let me clarify. They never call them a terrorist cell. They are Iranian-backed militant group Mm -hmm. because we like to put labels on people and terrorists, you know, there's no good terrorists, right? Yeah. Well, because, that that changes that changes how you have to react. So in in international case law and courts, if we label them as a terrorist, we don't have to give them Geneva Conventions. If we say they're a militant group, we acknowledge that they're a, a military, and we have to treat them fighting. as Geneva Convention so un, under the Geneva Convention. So that's the difference there. So if they if we call them a militant group. Um, then they get a little bit of protections from the International Criminal Court, civil, and, and that type of thing. So that's a little bit of the difference there. Yeah, but I was just saying more so uh, the way we label people. Mm-hmm. Like, 
if you look at like American Revolution, you know, if you look at the Boston Tea Party, if you they can be described as terrorists. Right. But we call them patriots. You know, it's hey, these guys want to attack our ships, yada, yada, yada. We were doing our job, all this stuff. So it's very easy to label people based off of what you want your propaganda to look like. So I don't want to mislabel any particular group. I am not taking up for this Iranian backed militant group by any means. I just want to make sure I correct myself and not go out on a limb and label them or mislabel them without enough information. Yeah. All righty. Let's go ahead and jump into it, fellas. I got a joke. Y'all want to hear a joke? A good one. Oh, I don't know if it's a good one or not, but um, so y'all know they they the sound that um pigs make in France they say okay, and um in Japan they say unku, but uh, do y'all know what they pigs say in America? No. Stop resisting! Stop Please. resisting! We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. (laughs) (laughs) It was was a decent joke, but your... (laughs) Your... (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't that it was funny. You it were also funny. It to be visual because people couldn't, the listeners can't see what you were doing when you said it. Yeah. <laughs> your energy, your acting was funnier than the joke. But it was a good one. Good. But you guys could figure out what he was doing if he was saying stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, who, who wants to go first? I have, a, I, have a, I have one I want to get off our chest. It was a conversation, but I think Brazi. Did you have one that you wanted to start yeah, well, us off with? Yeah, or? we can we can jump off with it. I mean, and continue the conversation. So right before we got on camera, we were just having a conversation uh, about attractiveness and and you know, does that stop people from cheating or or and and Ferg, you had some kind of opinions on it, and then Buff, you you kind of said, wait, wait, I don't know if that stops a person or whatever. So I want to ask you, brothers. Uh, does attractiveness and being attractive kind of stop a person from cheating in a relationship? Well, Ferg had like more nuance to it. He he kind of broadened the discussion that we were having. But the simple answer is no. I mean, we've seen this time and time again. Holly Berry got cheated on. Beyonce got cheated on. Probably two of the most recognizable and by many people's account, attractive women that are out there. I think, uh, who was that? Angelina Jolie. I think people find her attractive. I believe Brad Pitt cheated on her. Uh, so it. Nia Long, right? Nia, Nia Long. And so attractiveness definitely does not uh, keep, keep your significant other from stepping out on their relationship. You got to have more than looks. Yeah. Well, uh, Byron is absolutely right. I agree with that. Uh, There's nothing, and I'll be very, there's nothing that's going to stop anybody from cheating that wants to cheat. That's, that's, that's the the crux of the matter. Um, I think there's a, there are things that can help 
decrease, potentially decrease those those things if you want to, if you truly want to try to be faithful, right? Like you have to want to be faithful. Let's call it what it is. You know, I know people who just like they have no desire to be faithful, never crossed their mind. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, I'm going to trick out a little bit here, trick out a little bit there, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what it comes down to is there's certain things that might make it a little easier to try to remain faithful. You know, um, I'll speak personally. To me, my wife is gorgeous. My wife is beautiful. She, she's everything I want in a woman. Uh, mentally, mentally, emotionally, physically, right? But if she wasn't the beauty that she is, would I look at her a little different when I'm thinking about or not thinking about when the opportunities or something like that presents itself? I'm I'm attracted to my wife. I'm super sexually attracted to my wife. Like, let's call it what it is. I know guys who do not want to have sex with their their, their wives mm-hmm. because this to them, they're not physically attracted. And the same goes for women. You know, women, men let themselves go. They get comfortable, whatever the case may be. And so there's there's no attraction. You know, back in the day, Rods used to try to beat, beat her back out and there was a sexual chemistry and all that stuff. He doesn't do that anymore. So the sex life for her isn't that attractive. Uh, your wife, you know, you've been together for 15, 20 years. Of course, she's not going to be the same person she was 20 years ago. You know, we all age times undefeated. But when you look at that person and you don't see any attractiveness, that, that is, that's that's tough. Like, I cannot imagine not wanting to have sex with my wife. Yeah, that that's just unimaginable for me. But what we have to realize is that is the truth for some people. That's the truth probably for more people than not. And there's people who will have sex with their not even their wife, their spouse or significant other, not because they're attracted to them, because out of. um, I guess out of. Obligation, responsibility. Responsibility. Yeah, huh? I would say obligation, responsibility, yeah. necessity, or just you know she's there and I want to get my rocks off, so I'm gonna have sex, right? Or he's there, I I want to have sex, so that's the only reason. And to be honest, you know, and I'm not saying I'm the most attractive person in the world, or vice versa, you know, it's not. But I think there's a part of you where when you look at somebody, because I think. You know, um, I forgot. I don't know if we talked about it here. We shared a video where it was. They were talking about, let's say, Idris Elba came on. There's a woman who rarely had sex with her husband, right? Rarely had sex with her husband, doesn't really find him attractive. But when she sees Idris Elba, the juices start flowing. <laughs> oh, the things I'll do to that man. Because there is a an attraction. There's a sexual chemistry at least on her part, or fantasy that she still this person who's not sexual anymore becomes sexual because of that. And I'm not saying that it's not the same as you won't have sex or keeps you faithful, but I think there's something there. Like I like coming home to my wife at night. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not seeing a chick in a club where I'm looking at all these young attractive people or people attractive people because there's going to be attractive people out there. Then I got to go home like man. Whew, all right, let me go ahead and, you know, turn the lights off and do the old paper bag. To, like, that's real for some people. 
Yeah, it, it's it's once again, it's I know I'm gonna get pushed back and it means more and yada 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 and it shouldn't mean all that. It is what it is. We, me and my wife had this conversation. We've been together 14 and a half, almost 15 years. We had this conversation years ago. The importance of still trying to remain attractive, remain, you know, keep that sexual energy for each other. You know, um, it doesn't stop you from cheating, but it definitely like all things play a part, you yeah. know, for somebody who wants to be faithful. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think it'll attractiveness will stop you from cheating. I think it will make it easier not to cheat, though. So there's, you know, one of those things where maybe there's like a, a minimum bar of like I'm attracted and these other chicks even though I'm more attracted to them or whatever I'm like my I I am still attracted to my spouse so I'm not going out there trying to cheat or or I'm not going to go for that other girl uh unless I really want to cheat right but if to your point for if you're not attracted to your spouse and and so maybe that's it it's like once you hit the I'm no longer attracted to my significant other at that point, I do think it's much, much easier to go out and cheat. It doesn't cause the person to cheat, but if the situations arise and you're not attracted to your uh, significant other and you're super attracted to this person, you're probably going to go for it. You might go for it if you're not attracted to the other person. So I do think there's like a minimum level of attraction you have to have to be in any relationship because we, let, let's be honest, if, if you aren't attracted to that other person, um, it's very difficult to stay in a relationship with that person. Uh, I mean, that's just me personally. So mm-hmm. I, I am with you on that, Ferg. I, I think it makes it much, much harder. But if you're like, no, you cannot be attracted yeah. to somebody, not be sexually attracted I, to somebody, and, guys, and stay in a relationship I, with them. You guys are making me laugh. No, listen. Most of the time, uh, when men, when, when people cheat, it's not. It has. Any, it has nothing to do with looks. It's usually convenience. That's first and foremost. And then you guys are talking about two different types of people. You're talking about the people that just want to cheat and the people that don't really want to cheat, but because their significant other isn't, they're not attracted to them, then that's going to make them more likely to cheat. The person that want to cheat, let's get them out the way. It don't matter if they're attracted or not attracted to their spouse. Most of the time, they probably smashing people that look worse than their spouse, but it's convenience. It's something new. It's something different. She's probably saying things to him that's boosting his ego more than his wife or whatever the case may be. Uh, So let's get that out the way. So it has nothing to do with whether or not he's attracted to his significant other or not. The other person that doesn't want to cheat is if they do cheat, it's not going to have anything to do with how attractive their significant other is. They're doing it because something else is missing at home. They're having problems. They're always arguing, things like that. They don't really want to. And then this other person comes along and circumstances happen. It has nothing to do. In Ferg's own answer, he said, looks fade over time. So if you're telling me looks fade over time, but you you still have this person that, like, it's it's not the looks, guys. It's It's not the looks whatsoever. Ever. A lot of women are married to men. We talk about women's bodies changing over time. Men's bodies really change over time. I brought that up. Mm -hmm. I brought that up. Okay, but let me finish the point. Like, 
a lot of times they're, they're married to guys that if that same guy that looked like them tried to holler at them, they wouldn't get them the time of day. But they've been married to this person for over this time. They've developed, you know, things that go beyond looks and things like that to where they are attracted to something that you can't even point to, that you can't even reach and grab. That's what they're attracted to. So I just, I think, so, it, I think it has so little to do with whether or not somebody cheats that it's not even working. Um, okay. That's, that's a great take. I still disagree. And to the point where I'm not going to say I disagree. What I'm saying is everything you mentioned, I think looks, you add looks on that. It could be there's a problem at home. She doesn't like to listen. It, it, there's, there's, a, there's a list of reasons why people might cheat. Not being attracted to your spouse, add that to the list. I'm not saying it's not. It's the only reason. I'm just saying she doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. He he rejects her. He, you know, all any of those reasons and, and not being attracted or not having sex or not, you know, there's no sexual chemistry. These are all reasons people still go out and cheat. I'm not saying it's the only reason. I'm just saying I if you don't acknowledge that as as one of the potential reasons as well, because I can you can there's people who have great partnerships, but when it comes to the the sexual chemistry or whatever in their relationship, it's no longer there. And part of it is like I don't see my wife as like this person I used to date. I don't see my husband as this person. We make great we make a great team and they might be great on this level, but they still step out because that chemistry is not there on that. And they, and it's fine. They're fine with that. She knows he's doing his thing. He knows she's doing her thing. It might be that person that still makes them feel attractive. You know, it's, it's not the reason I'm saying it's one of the many reasons that you can sit there and like, okay, you know, so I think we're talking about the Greeks. So there's one thing to not be complete, not be con- attracted to your significant other at all versus <laughs> your significant other isn't as attractive, attractive as they used to be. So like, yeah. if you marry your, or, if you or, marry or, your wife, or just, they're not, as, they're not as attractive as those other people that are out there. Right. Like, like, you know, well, you, you, you know that I'm attracted to them. Your, yeah. You're yeah. always going to, there's always somebody that's better looking than your significant other point blank period. But there's a difference in marrying your woman or marrying your guy and your, your your woman is a size six, and then ten years later she's on six hundred pound life. Like that's a huge difference versus she put on a little weight. You know she don't keep her hair up the same, but you know there's still like when she fixes herself up, she's still attract. Like there's a like if you're not attracted at all whatsoever, then yes, I agree more with you, Fur. But I think when I came into the conversation before we started uh, recording, and we were talking about attractiveness. It was more or less, are you saying that if if your significant other is less attractive or, or whatever like that? No. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no. automatically. So, she, in yeah, this no, example, yeah. no, no. What I'm saying is, let's say you love this person. They're not on 600 pound life, but you know, we say they're always, they're one cup, cup, one cupcake away, mm-hmm. right? And you already notice that, but you're kind of cool with that. But in the back of your mind, they're one cupcake away. And they always remain one cupcake away until they're not one cupcake away. And now they're just, you're like, eh, you know, she's just a little too big or he's a little too, you know, all those things. And in this scenario, it was one of those things where it's already in the, it's already kind of a problem in your mind that you're not, there's a certain level of disconnect with that attraction. It's always going to be there. 
and and nine times out of ten, it's only going to get worse, right? If you're already like you know you're a little bigger than I usually date, but I love you, you're great. Over time, you're a little bigger turns into you're you're bigger than I usually like, and now it's just like I don't. Mm-hmm. It's and I'm not saying anything about you know I'm not you know trying to body shame or anything like whatever it was is take take looks out of it i'm a firm believer if there's something that's a problem in the early stages of a relationship that you don't like and it's a big problem and you continue down that path nine times out of ten it's still going to be a problem you know it's she has a bad attitude but you know you love her da 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 10 years from now that bad attitude breaks you and you can't deal with it anymore you know he's he drinks too much 10 years from now he's an alcoholic and it breaks you these are certain things that I'm saying that once it's a trigger or something's a red flag, those red flags for you, whether they're vain, reasonable, whatever, usually don't go away. And so yeah. that and, was and my you, thing. You is, do, it wasn't that. It, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and, and you have to make that, that choice. That wasn't my point right? that it was attractiveness. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's, you, you hey, have... if this is a problem, it's probably going to, if you're not, a, if you're not like attracted to her like this for real, for real you're probably not going to be more attractive 10 years from now. And it's probably just going to get worse. It's such a small factor. It's like the flavor in an aha of sparkling water. Like it's that much that contributes, contributes to it. <laughs> now, other things hey. like some of the stuff you were talking about for the argument and things like that, that I think can make you significantly more unattractive, not even the physical, but your behavior and how you're carrying things throughout the marriage that can make you, less attractive to your significant other than your looks that'll make you step out of cheat. I would put more percentage on that than physical appearance. Well, I'm, okay, I'm fine with that. I'm just saying it's still it's still a factor. And there's people, I, I personally know people out there that are like, they, when they look at their wives, it's just, like it almost, or, or husbands, they it's just like, it almost turns them like, Ugh. it's like, it's, and that's real. Yeah. You have a beautiful wife. So it's hard for you to imagine that for yourself or, you know, like, but I, I say that like, it's, it's part of the reason it's still easy to love my wife. And it sounds like it's like, she's beautiful. You yeah. know, I, I look at it and I just look like, Oh, she's, she's gorgeous. It's, it, it just makes it a little easier to accept certain things. It makes you want to plan the date days. And- <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, so, when you're sitting so, there like, like, y'all have heard me. Y'all have heard me say like, y'all be like, Hey, why didn't you date this chick rising? And I'm like, I would end up cheating on her. Like, and it literally is just 100% like the attraction level. Like I, I know that I'm not, really attracted to her I would end up cheating on her because I'm not attracted to her like that like and so I do think all the stuff yeah yeah great chick but that that kind of nukes your argument because that's that's saying that you wouldn't marry her in the first place well that's me because I'm I'm like emotionally like intelligent enough to know that right and not go down that route I know guys that would date her knowing (laughs) that they probably would cheat on her because of her attractiveness like i know guys like that like first i know guys that are in relationships right now or married right now and their lady they they're not really attracted to her but they love her and all the other stuff is right but when we go on the guys trip when we out with the bros when we all at the clave they tricking out and and they're gonna go and they're gonna smash the chick because she's bad or whatever and then they're gonna go home and think and act like everything's cool and in 100 like she's a great chick 
on paper everything else except for the attractiveness level like or the sexual pleasing or whatever like i know guys like that and it happens all the time not like you said Byron. it's not just looks it's any of those situations but i would say people get in those might as well marriages like you see a lot of the red flags there but these there's so many other good things that this person brings to the table both male and female that we overlook it and there's times where the thing that ends the marriage ends the relationship is the sh- that you were pointing out five years ago mm-hmm. like her insecurity his 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 personality where he he's he's too controlling you know like those are still things that whatever it is you know she was always she was cute she was cool she was a little bigger than i thought you know but i loved her and then it's just like you know you have a couple of kids or whatever you still love her you know he he was already on the verge of being fat that nigga's fat now you know (laughs) it, it is the same thing so Ferg Fer- has a good point though. Attractive people can get away with more than <laughs> that, 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 that is life though. They can. That they is life. <laughs> and, and the thing about it is we don't like talking about those truths. And it happens in marriages and stuff like that. In relationships, there's chicks out here who get that have no common sense, that, nothing, but they are a nine or ten on paper. I agree Niggas with. are paying I agree with that. people are paying for their, their rent, their mortgage, their BBL, they're paying for everything because the chicks are trying. <laughs> you know tall dudes get the chicks Byron like everybody thinks Byron is good like Byron's life is you know it is what it is Byron, sure. don't don't know yeah, I don't know yeah. no let's let's not we'll edit that out <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a, I want to run back my I want to run my question next because it kind of mm-hmm. we're talking about relationships and marriage and being truthful all this stuff so i was on a i had a conversation with a a friend of mine and it was saying that his wife is getting a little upset because he has a he has a female best friend and so it's not about having a female best friend it's about you know that 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 talk track where you know my spouse is my best friend do you believe that your spouse can be or should be your best friend and why or why not uh she can be one of your best friends and she probably can even be the number one best friend but i still think uh and we kind of touched on this on other questions in the past on this show i still think for for men for men you need like that guy best friend as well for for things that you can talk to them about that you may be uncomfortable sharing with your wife or she may not understand it from a male's uh, perspective or point of view. But I do, I think your wife should be at least one of your good friends. <laughs> I mean, she, she should be up there. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if she necessarily needs to be the best friend, but she needs to be like, I don't know, top five. Can she be? Yeah, she can. She can be your best friend. But I still think you need that additional. I'm gonna come. Guy I'm gonna come back friend. to it. Yeah. Okay, Riza, what say ye? I say yeah. Um, I I think she definitely can be your yes your to best friend. Part. Okay. And and I realistically, I think she sh- probably should be your best friend. If you think about it, you you pillow talking with your wife 
like that's why they can't force your wife to testify against you right like the assumption is you're telling your wife all the little deets and everything like that right like you she should be your person that you walk in and like let me tell you about the minutest detail of what happened today like the the like your best friend especially even your guy best friend nine times out of ten you're not telling them about the the day you had today and the the random thing that annoyed you today right like usually your guy best friend or your general best friend is the big stuff right like hey i'm having this issue i want to run this by you let me tell you about this yada 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 but you're not calling especially for guys i don't know about for ladies but you're probably not calling your guy best friend to tell them about how john tried you in the office today this one time it ain't super big deal but it annoyed the shit out of you type thing like that usually isn't what you're calling your best friend about but your spouse you probably are going to tell that right you're going to pillow talk about it you're going to be like oh you're going to walk in a little huffy and they're going to notice it because again they 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 probably are the most attuned to you and so they're going to pick up on it right they see you every day your best friend probably doesn't they know the little things that's happening with you um they know everything that you're doing right they know your schedule better than anybody else they know what's happening what's moving everything like that i i do feel like your spouse takes that place of being your best friend uh to another level right like and maybe that's where you're kind of alluding to ferg is that they're a it's a different relationship so they they're your spouse right they're not your best friend they're your spouse and the level of intimacy sharing and all this stuff is is higher a higher expectation than what you would consider your even your best friend and so maybe that i could see where you're you're having that higher expectation than just friendship but in the general sense of it i would say that that is that best friend that you really want to be able to feel Okay, uh, I like where both of you guys went with that. I I think your spouse should be one of your closest friends. It's hard to be married with somebody that you can't befriend. But there's like almost what you were saying, Rizzy, there's a difference. The reason I'll st- I'm gonna start backwards from my original argument. Z isn't my best friend. Z is my person. Z is my, she's my goat, right? Mm-hmm. She, she, she's my MJ, right? So MJ, for most people, arguably, is the goat. He doesn't have to be your favorite player. Like, she, that is, she is my person. I talk to her more. I share more with her. But the difference in my relationship with you and my relationship with Z is the things I can talk to you about. Part of it is I can be probably a little more honest about things that bother me because I'm not worried about her emotions, right? Mm-hmm. I can take so there's a level of transparency that I can have with you. And Z gives me, and I'm not saying she doesn't give me a lot of safe space, but you know, and just to to make it a little lighter, if we're going out. You like, bro? You like this shirt? It make me look fat. Yeah, bro, that shit make you look fat. That's cat. You know that shirt's horrible. I can say that. You like, bro? You're, you're so, and you'll you'll keep on trucking, right? I don't have to worry about the truths that I'm telling you, right? Versus, hey, we're about to go out. How do you like this shirt or this dress? Does it make me look fat? Yes, it's probably not an option, right? 
it's it's nah baby you look good in that and you just let it go or you're like nah you know you gotta you gotta cater it to like you know what happened to that dress you wore the other day that we it's you're not worried about the ramifications of those things if i'm telling you i'm going through this and i'm going through that i don't have to sugarcoat it or you know kind of you know position it that it doesn't affect you or whatever those cases be and but yet and still there's things that i'll tell her that i that i'll never tell anybody else just because of that closeness that you know that that intimacy that we share and talk about like z knows me better than i probably know myself but you know so she's my mj she is my goat but there's still things that because of that there's a level of freedom that i have with my my friends outside of her that changed that dynamics so she would never be considered my best friend she will always be my person she's my go-to she is in and i'm not saying that as a knock on her it's just a different level it's just a different relationship and i don't want to get in semantics and you know like well that's just a different type of best friend but you know i think it's with a friendship i've never really worried about pissing you off we've yeah. been we've been known each other over you know almost 30 years right i never worried about pissing you off you know i might not have a conversation because you're not ready for it you know but it's not like i'm not saying this to Rosie because it's gonna piss him off and now we're gonna fight and never be close again you know that's not a best friend you know you've told me some hard truths i've had hard conversations with you vice versa that's a different friendship um byron i feel like you Approach the mic so you got some stuff on your chest. No, no. Uh, I mean, this is like a different type of uh, disagreement. This is just one of those. I like the last question. It's just like I just see it a, a little different. I think, first off, she and I can't have those hard truths. If she asks me if something makes her look fat, I'll tell her yes if I think it makes her look fat. And she wants that from me because her thing is don't have me going out here looking stupid. So I don't have to sugarcoat it. Um, same, same with me. Um, even though I, I never ask, like <laughs> I'm, I'm either aware it or not. If I look fat, I look fat. So be it. everybody <laughs> else fat too. Damn it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think um, the the fact of how vulnerable that you can be around your your wife and the things that you guys share, and I I also consider her a friend because of the the fun that we, like we're able it's not always lovey-dovey you're my wife I'm your husband like we can actually be silly and have fun uh just like I can be silly and have fun with with Wendell or whatever only thing she doesn't like is you know the the janker she's not a janker so that's that's the only uh <laughs> that's the only thing I can't do with her but pretty much everything else I I do look at her as a friend and you say I guess you just don't like that term and you call her like your person, which I'm, I'm fine with. So I can't even say I really disagree. I just, I guess I just look at yeah. it differently. Yeah. And when I was Z, we talk about everything because both of us like fashion. So when we're getting ready to go out, it, you know, we're, we're trading outfits. No, don't put that on yada, yada. I'm just saying in general, um, cause I don't want you to think that's her, but I think for a lot of people, like they, you, um, they don't have those freedoms in their relationship. Yeah. It's they can't. And I mean, there's, there's a reason there's a lot of dialogue where men are talking about safe spaces, right? Like yeah. let's call it what it is. Let's not just, 
and vice versa for women you know like they they can't tell their husband certain things they can't he doesn't listen to the things that they're saying you know they love him he loves them but they go talk to their homegirl they go talk to their homeboy especially about things that involve them yeah so, like but, if but me and rising think... had a falling out i feel like i can be uh... oh i was gonna say j- just that what you were saying i i think if me and you had a falling out you're probably gonna go talk to z about it right like you you probably to be like am I tripping? Let me talk through this. Like, so like the, the examples you were given about, you know, you not want to have that conversation with them because you have, you have to think about their, like how they're going to react and how it affects them and stuff. I think it's the same thing with us. It's just, we don't have as many situations where your decision is going to affect both of us. Right. Like, like what you decide mm-hmm. where you live isn't like something that affects me. I'm like, you can move wherever the hell you want. I really, you know, <laughs> no big deal there. But for Z, it you moving makes a difference, right? And so it, it, you're you're probably gonna have a conversation with me about does this make sense? How do I broach this with her? Like, you know, pros and cons, those types of things. And then you're gonna go to her and say, Now I wanna have this conversation because you've thought through it a little bit. I think that's fine, and I think that happens in any situation where you're talking to your spouse about one of your best friends or one of your friends because babe am i tripping about this here's what happened yada 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 and so when you think about the situations it's just like i was saying about you have more interactions with her you have more instances where it involves her and so you you have you do have to watch what you say or 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 think through what you're gonna say before you go to her because it affects her more And so, yes, you end up talking to your friends about situations that involve her more often. But I I think it's it's just that is having friends to be able to talk about other friends and other situations before you go into that space with that person. So, yeah, I agree with you uh, to to a certain extent to the point where. Yes, you're going to go back and forth and talk about different situations. But one of the things you brought up was because you moving me moving has nothing to do with you because we're just friends right the things that i share with my spouse there's a different type of relationship that directly damn near everything i do affects them Mm -hmm. you know um it affects not just them it can affect my kids it can affect this whole life we built together so we're talking about those conversations if i go to z and i'm telling about let's say me and you have something and i bring up something about you and I talked through it. I was like, you know what? I don't even need to have that conversation. It's not serious enough, right? That's probably the reason me and you will never have that conversation. Similar situation where if I talk to you about Z, the probably reason we're not going to have that conversation is not that it's not serious enough. It's like, it's not worth it. Like, do you want to go through this conversation? Because let's take us off the table. How many times do your homeboys come to you talking about their spouse or their situation that they could never ever share with their wife or vice versa females they can never we have female friends they can never share these conversations with their spouse and these are serious matters serious matters that you know and i'm not just saying us i think i i part of the reason i wanted to start this show is i respect you guys as husbands fathers the way you maneuver as men so I'm talking about in general, but even as much as I love my wife, there's certain things like, you know what? I'm not going to have that conversation with her because it's not worth it. 
I don't, you know, it's it. There's no, and it's not a lot of things, but it's no. There's no good way this is going to end, right? So I guess I would need an example of that. I mean, because there are things that I would prefer to discuss with one of my old boys, my friends, versus her. But when you stress the never ever part, like I'm not attracted to my wife. She's gotten fat, and I don't want to fuck her anymore. You probably need to have that conversation with her and, and talk about divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's where that conversation yeah. goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, it's the thing about it's like there's no good way for that conversation so, so, to end outside well, so that's of. That's not a healthy marriage, but in a healthy marriage, I don't, I'm, I can't think of an example of something that you would never ever like. I can think of things that you are hesitant or embarrassed to, or wouldn't go to them first with. But if like they got word of it, like you, you talked to Sherman about such and such. Why, why didn't you come to me? Look. I, I ain't want to, but this, like, I, I, I'm not saying there isn't. I just, I would need an example of something that in a healthy marriage, you would never, ever share with, with your spouse, but you would share with your boy, I guess, other than what infidelity or something like that. But then yeah, that goes but, back but to, it's not a healthy marriage. Yeah. But, but on top of that, I mean, I think even in your friend group, like say you got four or five best friends, right? Like, like, Hey, this is my friend group. This is my closest circle or whatever, but there are certain things that, I'm going to talk to you, Ferg, and not talk to Byron or not talk to DeMarcus. I talk to DeMarcus about stuff that I don't talk to y'all about. Like, it, I think it's always situations where you're going to have person that I feel this is the best person to talk yeah. about this situation with, right? And and you do that. And 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 yes, I could come to you with that same situation and, and talk to you about it, but I prefer to talk to DeMarcus. Maybe because he's closer to it. It involves Birmingham. It, it makes sense, right? Like, I can get a better okay. take on it from there. But when you talk, like, you gotta define friendship, and they are so, in that circle of closest friends, right? Of, I've got stuff I want to talk to them about, and, and yes, some stuff affects them, some stuff doesn't that type of thing. It's just, like I said, it happens more with them, uh, which is why I'm like, they probably, if you think about what you put or, or how you define what your best friend is, your spouse probably takes that place as you get into it. Like the, the conversations that you probably had with your best friend, you're probably more apt to, or you're going to start talking to your spouse about 40% of 50, 60% of it shifts over to your spouse Agreed. and you're probably talking to them about that stuff instead of you know and not even the stuff that affects them like just the random day-to-day crap that you talk to you used to talk to your best friend so, about you probably are talking to your spouse about now. i agree with that i agree with that so i'm saying i say the the difference in me is the consequences of that that spouse or significant other relationship is what takes them out of a whole nother level there's things you choose to talk to demarcus because he's closer to a the issue than me right yeah not because if you tell ferg this you might be sleeping on the couch it's 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 the consequences that you to me those are the things you know we already had that yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what i'm saying like it's to me that's the difference is it's not that you you like I tell Zeke, man, Zeke have great comfort. One of the most beautiful things about our, our our relationship is we've been together almost fifteen years, and we've never run out of things to talk about. Yeah, I, I think it, I, I think it ultimately just wise. comes down to you separate that spousal relationship 
from your friendship. Like you define it differently uh, there. I think once again, she's one of the, the great best best friends that like, but it's still because they because of there's this there's this asterisk, like because the, the ramifications or the things that can happen, there's a level of like, nah, I'm you you have to stay over here. You know, um and I talk to her about she knows more of my deepest, darkest secrets. Uh, insecurities goals and anybody right like i'm not saying that we don't talk about those things it's still you know Byron, you're asking for examples the looks hey you have you know her attitude is just i i can't deal with it anymore like yes in a healthy marriage but most people are still dealing with this on a daily basis 50 percent of marriages are ending divorce because people can't have those conversations because when i bring to you that your attitude or your controlling it's guess what's going to happen that attitude or controlling nature takes over and we can't have a real conversation now i'm backtracking on damn i should never even said this you know like you're, you're you're facing the consequences of this relationship or or the decision like you know what i want a healthy relationship i'm gonna tell my wife she's an asshole you know i'm gonna tell my husband he doesn't satisfy me in bed like whatever it is you you have that conversation and the bounce back is tough and it usually doesn't bounce back. And um, there's not much that I can tell Rozzy or I could tell, you know, action or you that is going to be like, well, shit, then there, there goes that relationship. You know, um, there's the end of three brothers. You know, it's we get over, we move on. Uh, I think the, the consequences is the thing that changes and it puts it on a whole nother best friend with an asterisk. And that best friend with Astrid makes them my well. Well, even in your example of uh, like talking to them about their attitude, like you may not say nothing the first time, but eventually you will. And if you feel like you never can, then again, that's not a healthy marriage because you should always be yeah. able to come to your spouse or what's bothering you. You should. The spouse is the one person you shouldn't have to keep stuff bottled in forever. So at some point, you're going to talk to her about it. And I'm not saying that. Let's be honest. I feel like people have these conversations. They they bring it up, and we we see that we see the freaking he can't handle a strong woman. Like all these, like you, it's she is who she is. Like it, you, it's you know who I was before what? you married me. Like these are type. Are these are type. Say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. But what what I will say, what I will say though, is I almost feel like the what you say about the risk of losing them is like why you don't talk to them or why you wouldn't say something to them i feel like that's part of what makes a best friend a best friend like it's i wouldn't want to live my life without this person like my fur i wouldn't want to live my life without you buff i wouldn't want to live my life without you like you like that's the thing it's like as my best friend, as a part of my closest circle, my top five, whatever you want to call it, like I wouldn't want to lose you guys. And so I am going to think about what I need to say, what I need to share. Like if we have a friend that's an alcoholic, I might not say to them, dog, I think you're an alcoholic right now. It might be a conversation, a text thread between the other four of us to say, dog, I think such and such might have a, a drinking problem. We might, we might need to intervene. We might need to talk. And so like, you're going to have those instances where you got to go to the other friends to talk about 
that friend that is your best friend. Maybe it is your best friend and they got a problem, but you want to kind of run it by somebody else. I really feel like what you're saying about I tailor what I say and I watch what I say is because they are your best friend. They are that person, right? They are the most important thing in your life um, outside of family that, you know, you have. And so I, I really feel like it's it's that chosen family that makes them so important. And that's why I think they are that they take that best friend mantle if you're in that healthy relationship. If they aren't that top best friend, if they aren't that number one friend, right, that you chose to be family, um, then something you should be married to your best friend. Then. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and you hear that sometimes, right? You hear that from women. Like, you, maybe you just go marry, you know, Ch- James or whatever. Like, because they, the woman doesn't feel like she's the most important thing. She doesn't feel like she's the best friend. And I think that that's probably it. And I feel like, yeah, you're not going to marry James. Z is my person. And I said that. I, when we talk about, do you put your spouse over your kid? Z is my person, hands down. Right? it is but there's to me there's still a a small separation she is she is my mj right i don't want to think about basketball without mj right but i still love seeing lebron and kd and certain people play like lebron is probably my favorite player mj is my goat that is there's no such thing as basketball like i wouldn't even probably have watched basketball without him but lebron might be my favorite player right and it's it's okay z is my mj it's I think it's still and once again we're talking about our relationships versus how many that chick that's telling you to go marry James how did you get to that conversation probably because you were telling her about some of the things that you didn't like or whatever and I was talking to James and we're you know because you know we're struggling well maybe she'll go marry James then yeah damn but no, this is the reason I, I didn't want to have this conversation so, but sometimes sometimes it's, now, you're spending too much time with James you talk to James you never share with me I you you're not you're not treating me I'm like not, I'm a friend it. like uh, so taking I'm like you say taking it out of our relationship and putting it on a more general term we're talking about everybody here right and there are relationships out there where women don't feel like they almost feel like a side chick to the best friend relationship um and, whose and, fault is that though is that his guys. or hers or is, is it is it he, that is it that he doesn't have that safe space either where he can go talk to her i mean like, I whatever it is parts, right like, whatever it is but i'm saying it's like she she is feeling like she's not the best friend if 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 you're in a relationship she's and not. that significant other doesn't feel like you're there 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 you are their go-to then it, it's that that relationship isn't as healthy as it needs to be that's what I'm that's what we're saying. It's like if you're at the point in a in the healthiest of healthiest relationships, in the ideal state, your spouse should be, like you said, your person, right? Your number one. Whether you call it your best friend, whatever, they should be that number one. Um, and so that and that's why I say I think you're just kind of separating it and you're putting them and then the best friends, but where we're just saying, eh, it's they're the number one, they're the best friend, and then every all the other friends come behind them. Like that's that's the only difference I think in the relationship that or in the conversation right now that we're having is you're you're breaking it out where we're just saying, you know, the number one spot is the number one spot and that's the best friend spot. So if they don't have that number one spot, then y'all might as well get a divorce. That's not what I said. I said she can be one of one of the best friends. She don't have to be necessarily the best friend, but your wife and I feel like every example you've given, Ferg, it makes the case that she should be the best friend. But 
if your wife is not at least one of your best friends, I don't see how it's a successful marriage. Yeah, and I agree. Like that's what I said. One of like top friends, but there's like rising to like she should be your go-to. She should be your like, and there's people's like I, you're not built that way. You're not built. You're not built to handle the truth. I love you, but you're too you're too sensitive. If I come to you and tell you this, you can have the best. Come to me, tell me, you know, and men too. Tell me this. And you're like, Mm-mm, nigga, you can't handle this. If I told you this, then you're, you, you would never recover. If she, if she, if you, if you, if you told her that she may never recover. So it's kind of like, you know what? That's not a conversation I'm going to have. You know, it might not be important enough, but you're still one of my, I can have nine. If there's a hundred conversation, I can have 98 with them, 98 of, 98 of them with you. And, and when you hear best friend, like, so I don't think there's anyone that you can go to for everything. Like even when, when Rosie was talking about you, me, Demarcus, like you're, you're Rosio's best friend, but there are probably some things that he feel like he can go to, like he mentioned with Demarcus better than he can with you or yeah. with I. So just because she's your best friend, that doesn't mean you automatically go to her with everything. She's just like, and I agree. And like I said, for me, the biggest thing is the reason I might go to you and not Rizy is my, you might be a little more knowledgeable. I might feel a little more comfortable, not because I'm worried about how Rizy is going to take mm-hmm. it. That's my difference. Like I'm not going to her because this might not end up well. Like, I'm pretty sure the conversations you have with DeMarcus, you're not going to me like, well, that's going to be an enemy for relationship. We ain't going to be friends no more after that. It's just like DeMarcus know all these fools, you know, <laughs> like he he's close to the situation. He's been there. He knows this. It's, it's those. It's for me. That's that's the biggest difference is because of that, that relationship I have with my wife. There are certain things that you like this conversation might not end up well or not my wife, the, the People don't have certain conversations because the the downfall of this conversation has greater effect. It's not just because your wife might be more knowledgeable or, you know, Rosie's more knowledgeable. It's the fact that if you're saying, man, Rosie, I've had, you know, I've talked to her about this a thousand times. You know, she says she's going to change. We talk about it, but it's never going to change. Da, da, da. And you're still going back and forth. And then we last time I brought it up, she snapped and she threatened to kick me out. Like all these things, you know, it's it's at a certain point. It's just like you just stop having that conversation, you know, because you know how she's going to react or he's going to react when you say certain things. It's people have. I think we give we're giving relationships too much credit. Like people can have conversations and things change. Just people have to seem like they have a, the same conversation over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've had women talk about the conversation they've had with their husbands. I have homeboys that are divorced, and it's like, nigga, you knew the you knew what you were doing. You knew the problem. You know, your wife said this a thousand times. You told me this. You know, hell, I knew what you were doing. Not, not it's not nothing to do with infidelity. It's just other things, and it's like you've had this conversation. You're not going to change. She felt she had another choice. And, you know, so. But we only got two questions in. This is our new yeah, thing. I see. <laughs> I, it, it sounds like it. So, well, we, we did actually get some feedback from folks, right? They wanted us to uh, not worry about time as much and get deeper into the conversations and, and finish them out and don't like cut them off so we can get a third question in. So, we listeners, we heard you guys. We understand, and and I do think it's a it's a a, a better show because of that. So, um, you know, 
let us know if you'd much rather us have the three questions versus like going in and, and having the deeper conversations. Uh, and we'll just, we do listen to you guys. So, um, are we, are we ready to close Perk? We done. Yeah. So let's wrap it up. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, for me, your spouse doesn't have to be your best friend. Uh, cause I think it's just, it's this cliche thing. We can start hearing, um, they need to, be, I agree with Byron. They should be one of your, one of your people, one of your closest, and it's in the best relationships. Ryzen calls them their top best friend. I'm gonna call them your person. In the best, or not best, the healthier relationships, that person is your person. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't get mad because he or she can't talk to you about everything. Because it might be they really just want to be. They don't want to sugarcoat. They don't want to have to think about how they deliver the message. I just want to say, bro, I'm broken. I don't know how much longer I can do this. I'm hurting, yada, 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 yada. And I just need to be that transparent. I don't need to think about this. And I need to talk to somebody. And it would be great to be able to talk to the source, but I can't, at least not right now. Because when I cater, when I do have this conversation with you, because we have a healthy relationship, I have to have bounced this off of you know one or two people and sat down and thought about it before I bring this to you and hope for the best don't my message is don't get into the cliches things that people say all the times that this is supposed to be things the way things are do what's best for your relationship if it works make it happen um if it doesn't you know I don't think it's a cliche though in order for a successful marriage your spouse is going to be your friend so marry somebody that will no, understand friend, yeah. that you can't bring everything to them and with an open ear when you do come to me. Yep. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Russ. No, I was just agreeing. So go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, I ain't have much at the beginning. I don't have much at the end. Uh, the Senate is currently working on immigration, but 45 has stuck his nose in it and has pretty much told Republicans don't agree to anything. He wants this to be a problem for Biden until he wins the presidency and then that can be a victory for him when they do fix immigration. So apparently on one hand, immigration is so dangerous, and so important. We got all these people crossing the border illegally. We need to do something, do something, do something. But on the other hand, those same people are now going to essentially tell us, mm, we can wait till after the next January. So again, politics, baby. Politics. Yeah. That's all I got. What about your boy DeSantis? Oh, we oh had yeah, yeah, yeah. Last time we, yeah. So DeSantis has dropped out since we last recorded. It feel like so long ago. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's done. And to be honest, he never really started. He thought his fights with like Disney World and stuff like that were going to, he felt like he could be 45 with more uh, past legislation behind him with, with better policy behind him. But in the end, people rejected that. They want 45. They don't want 45 light. They don't want an imitation of 45. They want 45. And so yeah. he's out and it's down to, hell, by the time this show drops, I'll be surprised if Nikki Haley is still in it. But right now it's Nikki Haley and uh, 45. Yeah. She pulled her gloves. She pulled the gloves off though. Yeah. Compared yeah, to yeah, everybody yeah, else. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. You know, and uh, y'all saw Tim Scott, Senator Scott, he endorsed 45. Of course, 
Not surprised. Uh, oh, okay. So, talk about jumping on bandwagons, though. What I will say is um, Stanley Cup and this Stanley Cup craze that has started. I don't know if you guys know about it, but every every woman in the world wants a Stanley Cup now. Um, and along with kind of rebranding, Stanley Cup is also bringing it back lead poisoning because uh, they have confirmed that they have lead in the Stanley Cups. And if it's damaged, then the lead can leak <laughs> into your drink. So if you dented or something like that, be careful, ladies. You might need to go buy you another Stanley Cup because they do have lead in it it is confirmed by them so just be careful about jumping on these bandwagons man and and all the new fad thing out there um you know unless you're in the woods and you need your stuff to stay cold for 12 15 hours straight i mean the the el cheapo mugs are gonna do almost just as good so um just be careful about that but wanted to get that news out there about uh stanley and that's it man that's all i had is stanley cup the one that survived the car fire yeah, it did. It did. Um, so, but with that, we are two weeks away from sneaker ball, guys. And so Mardi Gras is upon us. Uh, we've ha- talked about this and we're going to keep talking about this. Everybody make sure. It, well, it's sold out. So unless you can get a resale ticket, uh, you won't be there and we won't see you. So if you've got your <laughs> ticket already, we'll see you guys at the sneaker ball. Um, but if not, then we'll be around all weekend. We're going to be on that float throwing all kind of moon pies and all kind of craziness. Um, I heard, see, saw some memes that said a moon pie box uh, weighs the same amount as a brick or it feels like it when it's thrown. So keep your head on the swivel because uh, we got a whole lot of moon pie boxes to throw and we're going to be throwing them. So can't, I'm excited for it, man. Can't wait to uh, see that. So Buff, you want to throw something? Rosie has promised to show his chest on the float ladies so y'all be looking out for that <laughs> I'm throwing connectors <laughs> now, let, now let me let me not say that because people are expecting it nah I wouldn't I can't afford to throw connectors um, yeah we're two weeks away from the boom boom we're two weeks away from sneaker ball the float I'm so excited um, just real quick want to congratulate my son for his first basketball game in a three to five year old league he had his first game yesterday, Saturday. Thought he was going to be uh, the first four-year-old to get a tech or get ejected because he was um, he didn't he didn't play by the rules. Uh, I thought he was going to take out a little kid on a fast break earlier, and um, it was just hilarious. I had to call his name out really fast, and I called out just in time to take him away from I don't know what was about to happen, but <laughs> he scored his he scored two baskets, so he was so excited. It was a thing of beauty to see him score his first basket. He was running around looking for a high five because he, he was two for probably 20. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is young Kobe. <laughs> he, yeah, he was two for 20. <laughs> I mean, he was taking a ball from people. He took the ball from his own teammates. And in that league, you're not supposed to steal the ball. You're just supposed to put your hands up in uh, a defense. But he was just, as soon as he saw somebody get the ball, he would run directly to him and just grab it. And just like, and the refs looking around like, because he was the only black kid on the team. No, we had one more little black girl, but she wasn't there at the time. But it was kind of like, this you? Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but he had a blast, so it's it's fun. Oh, last but not least, my my beef with school buses has 
continued and escalated. Uh, I got stopped Thursday or Friday by a school bus on a main street for anywhere between five to seven minutes as the kids were unloading. And it's not the school bus. So it's a front of apartment complex. And um, I'm assuming everybody on that bus was getting off there. But, you know, you're not paying attention. So you're, you're stopped by the sign and you're just waiting on it to go back in. Right. You're just like, OK, it should be. We've been here for a minute. It should be going back in any minute now. So I look I look at the sign still not moving. I look in the bus. You still see kids steadily standing up, walking to the back of the bus, walking back to the. I'm like, what the hell? So the light changed twice, bare minimum of twice while we were waiting on it. And so I don't know if I'm beefing with the bus or kids because I have it has confirmed <laughs> The fact that kids give zero F's about anybody else outside of them because the bus was sitting there and people just can. Everybody knows they're getting off there, but yet and still. They just don't want to get up. They're still taking their time. It's not like they're getting stuff from the overhead luggage or anything like that. It was just. And I was just I was cussing and a fussing. So screw you, yellow school buses. We beefing now. You've got beef with three brothers. No sense. Oh, how we get in it? <laughs> oh, bro, you know, we were beefing. Who who you had us beefing with, Riza? You had us beefing with somebody for real? Um, I don't know. Was it Boosie? I don't know. Probably but we beefing, we beefing with, uh, yeah, you had us beefing with Boosie. <laughs> Boosie and Buses. <laughs> Byron, you got one more. You got you to gotta, uh, start some beef, so. I got you. I come over one. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm beefing with the uh, the, the Raven ticket holders. I'm beefing oh, with that's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. There, there we go. Last but not least, uh, shout out to the Ravens and even the Detroit Lions. I'm happy to see them there, but I am pulling for uh, Lamar Jackson. He's playing. They're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. So win-win. You know, having a black quarterback in the Super Bowl is always a good thing because there was this this notion for the longest that black quarterbacks could not lead teams that's a whole nother conversation but with Lamar it just seems different he seemed like he one of us he seemed like he went to school he seemed like he rode the school bus with us you know you know he was at the skating rink and teen jams with us I just feel like I feel like the Lamar Jackson is one of us and it might just be me Lamar there's some umbro shorts (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I feel like in, in a white yeah. tee, you know, <laughs> I feel like Lamar Jackson is one That's of us, you know, and so um, it's good to see one of us do it, you know, um, so uh, with that being said, three brothers, no sense, your favorite barbershop style podcast, six rules of podcast, listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again, talk to you next week.